Welcome to Beatitudes, where your host, Dr. Kwamenich Sukina, will give you tools to experience wisdom in your everyday life. Listen each week as Dr. Kwamenich Sukina shares stories that will help guide your faith, perspective, and attitude in every situation. This is Dr. Sukina of Indigenous Messengers International, and here is our host. Today, we're going to be talking about Be Unique, Therefore Memorable. I'm going to start with a story. I always like to, I'm a storyteller. I guess First Nations people we are. We like telling stories, but this story is is about our kitty Mucky. And my husband and I, we've rescued many fur babies. We call our dogs and our cats our fur babies over the years. And we came to realize, honestly, that they rescued us. <laughs> they, they came to us as teachers, and God used each, of, each one of them individually to teach us things that we could not have learned except from them. Each one of them was in, unique in their own way. So I'll tell you a little bit about Mucky. Mucky was, I love to talk about Mucky. We have a little place in our, going into the hall of the bedroom, and there's all the pictures of all the animals that we've had, and their ashes, and their little urns, and it's, you know, we just remember our animals. We honor them so much. And Mucky was just a special little guy. Um, Sakina named him Mucky after Muckluck, which are the boots that the First Nations Inupiat wear in Alaska. And we called him Mucky by short, and he was a very rambunctious little guy. Um, in fact, Mucky and Witty were the, the two, two first kitties we had, and we took them with us on the road when we would travel. Uh, once we had our RV, and we would travel with them, and we would tell people when we go in to do the ministry meetings, our two intercessors are out in the RV praying for us. And then when they would walk us out, we would see Mucky and Witty. They'd be up in the window, and we'd say, oh, there's our two intercessors. And Mucky and Witty traveled with us the highways and byways, Canada and U.S. Before we got the RV, though, we we would go on short trips. We would leave them at the house with enough food for a couple, three days. But Mucky would instinctively know that we were leaving. Now, of course, he would see us packing, and he wouldn't like that. But he would manage to put one of our jewelry beads from our beading table into our suitcase and the way he would do that is he would go to the beading table. He would put his his paw down, work the bead up into his paw. He'd even beat on the table with it like a drum. And then he'd take that in his paw, and he would manage to get it in our suitcase. There was not a trip, I don't think, that we ever took, that we were going through our stuff that we wouldn't find a bead that Mucky put in there once we would arrived. And... The message from Mucky, it would be like he was giving us a hidden message. And the message was, I know you miss me so much, you should have taken me along with you. It was like the bead was there to remind, for Mucky to remind us of him. We have stories like that with all of our animals because they're all so unique, each one of them. Mucky, one of his, the unique things about Mucky was he was just an empathetic cat. He had so much compassion and in a lot of ways was like a therapy cat. And if I would cry or 
anything would bother me, he would come to me and take my hand and he would place it between his arms and hold my hand until I stopped crying. And he would sit there with me sometimes for long periods of time. Sometimes he would come up to me and he would, he would put his paws on either side of my face. He just didn't act like a regular cat. He was more like a, a high empathetic, an empath person. I had a friend that came by one day and she was sitting out on our porch and screened in porch and we had the, the glass door pulled and, and she was in duress. She was coming there to share some grief and pain and I thought he was going to tear the door down. He could not stand to see her out there. He wanted to get out to her. And then I had another friend that came one time and she had lost her cat and had not really been able to grieve the cat. She wasn't even aware of how deep the grief was. And she came to our home to visit, and, and Mucky sensed that she had unresolved grief. He jumped up in her lap, paced his paws on either side of her neck, then he laid his head against her forehead and sat that way with her for several minutes while she cried. That's how special and unique Mucky was. Well, one day I was holding Mucky, like a baby in my arms, and I was looking down at his sweet face and looking at how God made him. He looked like a painting. And I looked down there, and I noticed that around his mouth that there was a black line of black fur around his white face, almost like when God was painting him, he, he was making a line around his mouth. But it was like he had used an eyeliner or a paintbrush and drawn that line, but it stopped halfway around his mouth. It was like the black line went around half of his lips, around the bottom, and then the, there was no black line. And as I was observing it, I said out loud, Gee, God, you didn't finish highlighting Mucky's mouth with the black line. If I'd been you, I would have finished the line around his mouth. I'd barely gotten the words out of my mouth when God said to me, Then he wouldn't have been Mucky, would he? <laughs> it was like, Absolutely. Sometimes in our perfection and the way we see things, the way we think people should be, we try to change things about things in our lives, ourselves and other people. Sometimes it's kind of like it wouldn't be mucky, would it, if it was finished? Those places in our lives and the lives of others that we view as not finished, not fixed, not perfect, they're often the very things that make these people and make us unique. The unfinished line made mucky unique. It made mucky mucky. What does it mean to be unique? To be unique is to have no one quite like us. It's like the snowflake. No two are exactly alike and no two people are exactly alike. It's unfortunate, but we most of us now live in a culture where there's pressure put on conformity and not on being unique. Women and girls go into plastic surgeons with a picture from the internet, show it to the doctor and say, I want a nose just like her. Men and boys wishing to be taller, have more hair, be smarter, be more agile, just wishing to be like someone else. Comparison is at an all-time high, and comparison is a killer. One of the things I learned in recovery that has the essence of codependency in it, is if we want to recover from codependency, we can't control, we can't criticize, and we can't compare. Because when we start comparing ourselves to other people, it's a downward spiral. It makes us dissatisfied with ourselves. 
and we come to like an if we're if we're trying to compare ourselves to, especially to an unrealistic and unreal ideal, we're going to come up wanting every time. We can see in the scriptures what happened to Israel when they called out for a king because they wanted to be just like the other nations who had a king. Give us a king. Give us a king. God gave them what they wanted, but it didn't turn out as they planned. There were consequences for that because he wanted them to be a peculiar people, a unique people, unique to him and his relationship. He didn't want them to be like all the other nations. That's not why they had been called out. That's why we've been called out. We're supposed to be unique. Even though there's a pull in our culture for conformity, at the core of our beings, we normally are drawn to others who are unique, memorable, and unforgettable. There's just a pulling toward being with those people. We're all created with unique aspects of our personalities. You know, like the way we're hardwired. You know, we're given certain unique gifts. And those gifts are so we can impact the world in a special and unique way. Many times, in harsh circumstances in life, the very essence of who we are and who we were made to be will rise to the surface from the pressure we're experiencing. Much like the earthquakes, you know, that drive the healing hot springs to break through. Anytime you go to healing hot springs, and if you study those, you'll find out that most of those were released from earthquakes, from the, the fault line shifting, moving those waters up to the surface, and the minerals coming up with them, the healing water. The shaking and the rumbling in our lives can bring forth streams of blessing and healing that reveal themselves in time. Consider these stories of unique people. Just some little short stories and how they impacted their world. And I could sit on here with you for hours and hours with the people I've known and the unique people that I've encountered in life and how they have inspired me. Shireen and Suhana were sisters who were both hard of hearing, and this was discovered because they couldn't speak well at a certain age. These sisters were supported by their parents and their disabilities to use their disabilities as an asset instead of a liability. So therefore, they grew up looking for those opportunities. Their hearing impairment led them to both pursue life careers to help others. Shireen became an epidemiologist at the Center of Disease Control in the Department of Early Hearing Detection, and Suhana became an inspiring spokesperson to help people understand that the power of perseverance is really what makes people unique despite odds. So both of these these women were unique. Their disabilities, the uniqueness of that, was used by God to supply healing and inspiration to others. Then there's she, Shivam. Shivam was born with a condition called phocomelia, affecting the lower and upper limbs of the body. He was born with no lower limbs and only three fingers on each hand. As a child, he longed to ride a bike like other boys his age, and he would be so sad because he wanted to do that. His heart was so, bro um, so broken that he was unable to do this. At one point, his father was moved by that, and he bought him a scooter, and Shivam ended up fixing that scooter so that he could ride it, and he made many short trips on the scooter no matter how challenging it was for him. He kept working at it and working at it till one day he continued to push his limits until he accomplished going 
is a dream of going on a long trip on the scooter. It's no wonder that he later graduated from IIT. He didn't surrender to his limitations. He drew from the strength within himself and saw how he could utilize his unique circumstances and unique resilience to change his life and live above the circumstances. In another unique story, there was a national volleyball player, Sina, and she was pushed from a running train and lost her leg when the train from the opposite track hit her. The loss of her leg didn't deter her. In 2013, she was the first woman amputee to climb the world's highest mountain, Mount Everest. All these individuals used their unique circumstances and personalities to make a mark on the world. Their challenges drew their uniqueness to the forefront in the surface of their lives. Uniqueness can be cultivated through diverse circumstances, and uniqueness is also made from the traits we're born with who we are at our core. A unique person is someone that has characteristics that set them apart from others. They're memorable. They leave an impression on us, most of the time because they're being authentically who they were made to be. And most of us are drawn to authenticity. Some of the words to describe a unique person are special, different, irreplaceable, rare, and distinct. The one thing that stands out to me when I meet someone who's at ease with their own uniqueness is that they're comfortable in their own skin and they don't feel the need to compromise who they are. I'm really drawn to this aspect in people. There are other things that make a person unique. Their appearance, their genetics, their behaviors, their personality, their perspective, their intelligence their life experiences, their goals, their dreams, their talent, their taste, and their creative nature. All these aspects can be utilized to cultivate uniqueness in our lives. The main benefit of embracing our uniqueness is that it is essential for our personal happiness and self-esteem. Discovering who we are and making peace with that person is the first step. Loving and accepting that person is part of the following steps. A good place to start in discovering what makes us unique is to ask ourselves what sets us apart from others. This is not just things on the outside, but things on the inside as well. Personality traits are a big part of the equation, and so is attitude. Some examples would be like, you could be the life of the party. You could be a person that's thoughtful and remembers everyone's birthdays and celebrates people's lives, or maybe you're a person that worries about others' well-being. There's several ways that we operate in the world that make us unique and special. Here are some suggestions on developing the unique you that you are. Embrace who you are. Don't compromise who you are. Embrace the true you, vulnerabilities and all. Find your tribe because they will pull that out of you. Embrace your talents and your skills. Embrace your beliefs. Spend time doing what you love. Don't look for the validation of others. That will probably come, but don't seek. Seek it out. Be okay with being alone and dare to be different. 
The beauty of discovering our unique traits and who we are at the essence of our core allows us to nurture those traits and build a unique personhood that is a one-of-a-kind gift to the world. So I encourage you today to sit with yourself, sit with God, and really do an inventory on what things about you are unique. Some of those things you might not be comfortable with, but God might have an aspect and bring pieces to that for you to understand and embrace even parts of yourself that maybe you haven't always looked at and liked, but maybe those things can be tweaked and used in a redemptive way. I want to thank you for joining me today, giving me your time because time is valuable. It's irreplaceable, especially finite time. And I thank you for that. I want to let you know that you can go to our website, indigenousmessengers.com. There you can learn about us, read on our bios. We have pictures from our childhood and a lot of things in our lives, section on Sakina, a section on myself. We also have things at our store, that books, artwork, DVDs, many things um, that you can get order on our, on our bookstore online and learn from. A lot of inspiring things that are on there. I want to remind you again of our um, gathering that's going to be in Virginia. It's going to be First Nations Honors Israel. It's July 14th through 16th. We are really looking forward to it. We're going to be teaching on protocol. We're going to be dealing with honoring of the First Nations people, honoring Israel, the apple of God's eye. It's going to be some incredible days of learning from Elizabeth Hawker, from Chief Joseph and Dr. Laura Lynn Riverwind, and from Ataret Shemel from Israel. It'll be a time of learning, also a time of incredible passionate worship. We have an amazing worship team that's going to be with us. So I I look forward to seeing you there. I hope that you will join us. And as I always do, I want to dedicate this podcast to my children and my grandchildren who are my heart. Bless you. Thank you for listening to Beatitudes with Dr. Kwamenik Sukina. Be sure to follow the show for more tools on how to experience wisdom in your everyday life for you to walk in victory with the right attitude.